She only lives on me when she wants something. She, she'll she dump me for Connie in a heartbeat. Right. But then again, so would you. Yes. The Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 234. This week, we have special loans for special people. Texas Christians take aim at HIV drugs, banning books, bypassing book bans, and rap confessions. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. Hi. Howdy, howdy. How was your week? Better than the... The guy in the pro se murder trial that Eric and I watched. How was your week? Rainy. A lot of rain. Yeah. We got a couple days rainy. of Yeah, a couple days of, of, of sunshine, but it's been very, very wet this year. You you kind of wish you could take some of this rain and send it over to Lake Mead where it's so low that bodies are starting to be discovered. Or Jackson, Mississippi. Did you hear what's or, going on there? No. They are like something happened with their wastewater treatment plant or something, and they oh, have absolutely yes. no water. Um, well, they don't need rain. They need rain barrels with rain. Well, maybe rain barrels, but they, they don't need rain for the complicating getting the uh, the sewage pack up. Yes, I did see that. That they uh, last week they were waiting in line. I mean, long lines for bottled water. Yeah, crazy. I don't. Scary. I don't know. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, how do, how do you bathe? I, it's a great question. Because I understand you can get away a couple days with baby wipes, stuff like that, but most people still have to go to work. Like, you can't just close all the grocery stores because the water's cut off. No. But I'm sure they close the schools, which just complicates things. It does. It does. Hell, they shut water fountains down in schools anyway. True. Of course, you need something to cook with. Now, I mean, I, I, I got as as we record. I had a, a meeting this morning. I got up and was was getting dressed, and uh, Connie got up and she sees my shoes. Because why the hell are you wearing Converse? I had my Chuck Taylors on. So what are you wearing with Converse? I'm, I'm like my button down Doctor Cool shirt. It's like, <laughs> I think she just told me I'm too old to wear Chuck Taylors. I can't speak to that, but I mean, I would trust Connie's advice. <laughs> Well, normally when I go to work, I wear cargo pants uh, and work boots and a Dr. Cool uh, polo. Right. And if I have to actually work work, I'll throw a, a Dr. Cool t-shirt on if I have to get in a crawl space or something. But yeah, if I if I go to the Chamber of Commerce like I did this morning, I wear a button down and, and you know wear nicer jeans. And I just didn't put on dress shoes today. I threw, threw on my black uh, uh, Chuck Taylors and she was just looking at me like, you idiot. Which is true. Which is true. Right. Speak, speaking of idiots. Well, Bank of America. Of them this week. Do what? There's lots of them this week. Yes, there are. Uh, Bank of America launching new zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgage products to help members of predominantly minority communities uh, buy their first homes. Calling it the Community Affordable Loan Solution. Um, we were talking about this before the show and... The, one of the things we were talking about was the fact that they're not, quote, government backed, but Bank of America is 
government-backed and government-subsidized and everything else. So I think it's totally gross, but I'll let you tell about it before we really dive in. So this is going to be in four cities. Uh, uh, the plan is having four cities, New York, Dallas, Miami, and Chicago, I think is the fourth. So what this program does is first-time home buyers in minority communities, this is targeted, and this is according to Bank of America, this is not me surmising, targeted at Black and Hispanic communities to to increase, uh, uh, what they're saying, increase home ownership. It'll be zero down, zero cl- closing costs, so nothing out of pocket. Uh, they're saying that credit score will not be heavily weighted as much as uh, stability and in rental income. Uh, or not rental, I'm not in rental income, I'm, I'm always on the other side, uh, rental history. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to uh, weight that more than your your credit score, which is fine, whatever whatever you want to use to make your loans, as long as it's applied equally across the board, which of course it is not. Uh, what this does not say is what the interest rate, what kind of interest rates they'll be looking at, because this is obviously subprime if, if you're skipping the, the credit report. And taking zero down. Oh, and zero PMI, private mortgage insurance. That it, you normally people who put less than 20% down have to pay PMI, which is an insurance that does not cover the borrower. It, care, it covers the lender should they have to take the home back and, and they sell it for less than the value. That that's The insurance covers them on that. Or less than, than, than what's on, on the bill. Just is this not reminiscent of the early 2000s with the subprime mortgages? Well, yeah, I mean, here's my thing. This this is going to come back cyclical because we were talking about, you know, what we don't know what the interest rates are. We don't know what the terms of the, the mortgages are going to be or how restrictive they are. But let's just say that, you know, we're talking about buying at the top of the market when prices are still extremely high. They might have come down slightly, but they're still relatively high. And... um. You know, you're you're literally targeting groups of people, but you don't. We don't know what the circumstances are. So when these when this comes full circle and the market tanks and people lose their homes, the first thing that's going to come out of the mouths of the people who took these loans is, "This was predatory, and you targeted black people and Hispanic people." Yeah, and, and- there, there's no defense. Right. And, and look, it's not it's not saying that white people cannot get these loans, but they're very specifically targeted at the areas that that are predominantly black or Hispanic. So w- with within the city of Dallas. In Texas, obviously, it's going to target specific zip codes or even w- within that w- certain neighborhoods that that uh, have a low percentage of home ownership and, and tar- target it there. It is a horrible idea to borrow zero down in an inflationary market. It's it's a bad idea to borrow zero down ever. Because not well, it's not for the borrower, it's for the lenders because you you want people to have skin in the game. You want them to have otherwise they just walk away. We we've we've seen this show. This is a rerun. Yeah, the only products that that really are zero down besides what they're proposing here are VA loans and those are government backed. Even FHA wants something down. USDA are 100%. Are they? Yeah. So again, government-backed loans. So the lender really has no, has very little risk. You mean the people are no, the ones well, that are on the hook. True. 
Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Until, yeah. until no, Biden I mean, decides that he wants to, to pay off mortgages uh, instead of student loans. Don't give him any ideas. It's just, but, I mean, it's just, it's just this, all of this that continues to occur is so, so much of a slap in the face to anyone who's ever worked hard and worked to meet the thresholds of meeting the standards that are put in place. And I mean, it's kind of, to me, it's like affirmative action. Like when you're talking about jobs or schools and and how I've talked about on the show in the past, like what, I don't understand why people think this is awesome. Like if somebody said, we're going to give you a mortgage because you're a woman, I would be like, why do you think I can't get it on other merits? Like I, why do people want to be treated differently because of their, whichever qualifier we're talking about at the moment. That doesn't doesn't make any sense. Well, and back on your skin on the game uh, comment, skin on the game, one of the one of the first shows that that I hosted, we talked about the Brad Pitt homes in New Orleans that were falling apart. And the people that got these free houses were pissed off at at uh, Brad Pitt because, you know, 15 years later, things were falling apart. Well, it's because they didn't have a skin in the game, and they didn't maintenance their houses. You know, the same thing goes when you when you have nothing invested besides what you would have paid in rent anyway. When things get bad, you walk. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, and these folks will never have equity unless the market just does something totally contrary to what we all think it's going to do and just continues to climb. To go, what's an average house now and any of these areas. Let's just, let's pick 200,000. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to finance 200,000, all of it, 100% at whatever interest rate. It takes a long time to build equity. And then all they have credit. to do is do a home housing counseling partners course. Right. Doesn't say you have to pass it. And even if you do pass it, that means intellectually, you know, you should pay your bill. Doesn't mean that you will. You know, if it comes down to, oh, I need to pay my car payment or, you know, whatever. The idea is a hierarchy of, of needs is you'll always pay your mortgage first, which is why mortgage uh, lenders always had looser uh, standards than unsecured. Same thing with cars. Cars are a lot looser than than getting a high limit on, on, on an unsecured credit card, something like that. But this is this this is. One, it's unsustainable. It's a horrible idea for Bank of America. It's probably illegal, and I think the Fed will stop them. It's dis- it's disparate treatment. I yeah, and they said that that like this is addressing a real problem because Lending Tree released um, data that showed that the um, denial rate for Black borrowers is twice that of the overall population. And that home ownership rates for Black Americans is almost thirty percentage points lower than White Americans, but that's not just. I mean, there's so much more that goes into home ownership, and and I mean, like, it's not just like you can't just give somebody a. Home. Also, you're not you don't really own a home. Just be like if you put zero down. And you have no investment in it. And I mean, you don't really own it because you've got to make however many long payments until you actually own it outright. And um, if you're not paying the property taxes or you're not prepared to pay the property taxes, then you're just going to get a lien. I mean, like. 
Well, what the bank does is the bank will pay your property taxes, then throw it on top of your loan. Well, yeah, if you the, if you opt they don't, into that. Because they don't want to lose their, lose their collateral. Yeah, now, this, but that will a, just make your payment higher. But when you look at stats, stats are useless without context. All right, so there are more white homeowners than black. Well, instead of going to the lender side, the supply, supplier side on this and ask, well, why aren't you making more loans to black people? Well, it's not, the lenders have no idea what race you are when you, when you submit the application. No idea. They're, they're going simply off of income and uh, collateral and credit history. And your debt. Well. Most of us. Yeah, yeah, DTI. Yeah, debt to income. Uh, if those things are in order, it doesn't matter what race you are. I, I, I know plenty of people of all different backgrounds that own their homes and people of all different backgrounds that don't want to own a home and rent. And I know a lot of young people that would love to own, but they're just not, they're not in that position yet. So, and I get that there is a, there's a ongoing problem with, with renters for renters with rents going up so high and you could buy a house for less. We, you know, we've all said that like, good Lord, you know, $2,000 a month for a two bedroom apartment. You could buy mm-hmm. a, you can buy a decent three, two and a half for less than that. And, and well, we've all said that, but. Totally. But it also, I mean, you're also talking about like where people live. I mean, you know, if you live in the city and there's condos and things like that. There's a lot of people that have purchased those for an investment properties because people who are living in condos a lot of times are young and single or it's not their forever home or they're going to be transient or they're not home a lot or they don't want the up. Like there's so many factors that go into like well, urban yeah, yeah. living and, versus it, suburban living. I mean. Especially in, in, in our Georgia model. It's a little different up north. Uh up north, you you may rent your entire life, or if you if you buy a condo, you know you that's that's where you that that's your house because there just is there's there's nothing to build up. What I think this is a, a a way for Bank of America to create a permanent rental income and sure. and applaud themselves for what they're doing for for these minority communities is basically they're turning all of them into permanent renters. People who take these loans, because you've got to think 30 years, you don't even make headway on, on a mortgage loan for 10. Again, uh, uh, property appreciation aside. And then you, you take folks that that may not have the best credit, may not have the best resources because they don't have anything to put down to get things fixed. And you, and you put them in a house that needs upkeep. And the nice thing about renting is when something goes wrong, your toilet breaks, you call the landlord. Ha, your water heater breaks. Landlord. Air conditioner. Landlord. Well, mm-hmm. when you own the place, guess what? When Dr. Cool shows up on your door and says, hey, listen, this thing's shot. It's got to go. Well, how much is it? You know, pick a number out. out of, there's so many different. $6,000. They go, oh, my God. How do people have $6,000? Well, most homeowners have savings or they have a credit card they could put it on. Oh, Oh, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, and it's something all the time, let me just tell you. 
Oh, it is. It's it's a new roof. It's a cracked window. It's a, a carpenter bees that that chew chew on your deck. It's uh, dry rot uh, on your deck deck after having a super super wet summer. It's all that goes into it. I've got to have my stairs rebuilt on the front of my front of my house, and it it's yeah, it's always something to spend money on. And, and I don't know if these are going to be new houses or even new houses are built like crap, and they only mm-hmm. get a one year warranty on it. One year. Builders know for one year, they can, they'll listen to you whine for one year. And then you're on your own. And these folks have got to come out of pocket. And these are people that don't have any money to put down on a house. And now you've got to buy a lawnmower. Now you've got to go out and you've got to uh, furnish this, this house you just bought. You've got all these expenses. It's, it's, not, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible deal. And going 0% in an inflationary market is insane. But like you said before, you sign the contract, you're on the hook, buddy. Yeah, I just until, until we get another bailout, say predatory lending, and we've got to we got to bail about after, of course, we bailed out Bank of America and the other banks a few years ago. Well, it's just it's never it's never enough. It's never you know we're never helping people enough. They're never. It's, it's never. It will never be sufficient. We're just. We just continue to help individual groups of people and pretend like it's not just the most backwards nonsense there ever was. And look, I have no problem with helping individuals. Groups of people get, gets into gets into be a problem because then then you're you're assuming a lot. But yeah. People need help. Absolutely. I want to give them a helping hand. I don't, it's not the role of government, but that's why we have charities. That's why you know people who believe in small government tend to be more philanthropic than those who believe in big government. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, they, if, if you really need help, and, and the market corrects so much, when people can't afford to pay the rent, landlords have to lower the rent. It's, it's, it's a product like anything else. When cars get to be too expensive and no one can afford them, the prices will come down. That's just the way it is. You have to let the free market do this, and and Bank of America's not. This is almost like they're 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 you know, propping up the real estate boom by putting in you know hundreds of thousands of additional buyers to snatch up these houses in the markets. Again, pushing prices up, creating more consumers for it by offering zero percent. Almost like that's what the Fed did when they took the interest rates down to zero. So Texas, Texas Christians sue a federal insurance mandate for HIV prevention drugs, PrEP, P, little r, big E, big P. Yeah, um, not really sure. I mean, so I don't believe in any company being or, you know, any entity being forced to require Anything. I mean, it, it, if it's, it's, it's I, 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 but this is like not even, this is not even, not, yes. Oh my God. I can't. I can't. You just go ahead. Yeah. The federal government uh, last year began requiring most insurance companies to fully cover HIV prevention medicine medication known as PrEP, sold under the brand names Descovi or Truvia, Truvada, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, not uh, everyone who is taking HIV preventative or is is gay 
Yeah, that's and that's this this is what it goes goes down to. I, I didn't even get to that point. Is yeah, uh, they're they're saying because they don't believe this particular group doesn't believe that uh, doesn't believe homosexuality is is moral should be around the church whatever. So don't hire any homosexuals. I mean, well, I, <laughs> be Arthur Ashe was not gay. I'm uh, just Magic saying, Johnson, like, if you if yeah. you don't like, because it's not it doesn't just apply to homosexuals. But if your problem is with homosexuality, then then dive in head first to the the mess of whether or not you are offering insurance to people who are homosexuals. Seems like a pretty simple way to weed it out here, because otherwise, you just look like an idiot. They do look like idiots. Uh, first of all, the lawsuit should be mandating insurance companies cover this completely. Mandating that that is free. Free HIV, free HIV prevention drugs. Let's say if they have a problem with the with the free uh, uh, injections for, for COVID. Free this and free that. Nothing. I've got a t-shirt that I like to wear around, especially on election day. It says, nothing the government gives you is free. Mm-hmm. Free this, free that. To cover it at no cost. Well, they have to take that money from somewhere else. But yeah, if I were if I were a single guy, I'd probably be on this stuff. You never know when when one might get you. Well, and they're also against contraception, and um, so I mean, I but or don't I don't know don't offer don't offer insurance. Um, well, that's not an option anymore. Well, it is. You just have to be creative. But uh, that's true. And also, there's plenty of plans that are like group plans where the company doesn't really pay for much. Like it's really mostly on yeah, the individual, you know. Yeah, it's available to you, the, right? The company just doesn't contribute much, but right. it's available to you. Yeah, and and here's the thing about about uh, it's just stupid. They, they don't believe in premarital sex. They don't believe in contraception. Whatever. I. Uh, that's their yeah. That's their that's their ideology. I'm. You, that's not the issue. I know, but you could not believe in premarital sex. I assure you, it happens. I agree, and, and, and it's and, also and, less expensive to pay for premarital. Or to pay for contraception than it is to pay for a, another person on that plan. Yeah, absolutely. It's also cheaper to pay for this this uh, preventative than it is to I don't know whatever AZT is called nowadays, but HIV treatment for the rest of their lives. Because mm-hmm. that stuff is, from what I understand, prohibitively expensive. It is, and and again, like it, does, it speaks to the same problem that most people had with. I mean, it's the same. It's a recurring problem that you shouldn't be forced to pay for something or to cover certain things. However, you know, the irony is that a church wants the 501c3 status or, you know, the the non the non the tax exempt status from the federal government. Mm. It's it's an interesting point is I, I, for one, believe that churches should be treated like every other entity. So I've had lots of discussions with people about this, and I had a pretty heated one, I remember, a couple years ago. And the argument by some was that when you start taxing people or start taxing entities, then it weeds into um, like a limit on the, the First Amendment protections because they could be taxed at a different level. But I mean, if that's the argument, then we're our First Amendment, because we identify as individuals and we're not like 
I mean, th- th- you could make that argument with anybody. And that's why the principled position is that nobody, that everyone should be tax exempt and that nobody should be paying these types of things. However, I mean, churches, there are pl- there, not all churches, but there are plenty of churches that historically like to enjoy the privileges afforded by the tax exempt status, but then also, you know, like PPP. Yeah. How about Joe Osteen? Uh, he's not a church. Well, he, he he runs a church. He shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. Creflo Dollar. Yeah. I mean, you, you, uh, there are there are churches that are running for profit. Yeah, and they have been since. I mean, there's been people who have been abusing it since the beginning of time. You know, like we. But 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 yeah, yes. Cults. Ultimately, you're right. The the number one way to cure all of it is get rid of the income tax. Yeah, but I mean, you can't pick and choose what. You want the government to regulate, not regulate, intervene on. Sure. And, and and then we get into the government doesn't have the authority to decide what is actually a church. So when you char- create the church, the Flying Spaghetti Monster, real church, they have no choice but to, to give you all the privileges that they give to the Catholic Church. Or well, the Church just- of Dudism. It just opens up a door that we can't seem to close. But I mean, again, it all comes back to no. I don't want the I don't want anyone to be forced to do anything against their beliefs. I I that is the foundation. But there are ways around this. I don't understand why you have to sue, and then you also just want to pick like two or. Like, how about you just if like the argument should be that you shouldn't be forced to do anything, not just these two things. Why do you have to be why do you have to draw attention to this the way in this way? And I can tell you why it's because of who the lawyer is. Um, And that's the former solicitor general who helped write the Texas abortion law um, to the extent that it allows individuals to sue people they believe have helped other people get an abortion, which, I mean, I don't know. I don't really care where you fall on, on pro-life or pro-choice, but that is, um, I mean, that's, that's like the, the bridge that's too far, you know, like why should, why should Dave Roberts sue somebody he thinks helped someone out? Like, what is, what, what does it have to do with you? Um, and why would you want to tie up the courts with that kind of stuff? And I feel like this is the same thing. Like you're you're drawing attention to it in the name of controversy when the issue is not. I mean, what if they said that you but, had to pay for a weekly COVID test? We went through this. Yeah, Do you remember and, and, when? Uh, and and here's the thing with with the the lawsuit: if you can't show damages, unless look, I knock some chick up. And she goes and runs and gets an abortion. And I, I may have a a lawsuit because it's saying that I was harmed by having mm-hmm. my child by, by, by sure. because that was my child. So that that's a whether or not that would shake out in court. What I don't know, but that's no, at but least it at a least has you at least have standing. Right. 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 So to say I know Susie down the street uh, had to had to had to leave for three weeks and came back. And all of a sudden she said she had a miscarriage. I bet she had an abortion. I'm going to sue her. That that just brings out a whole new level of Karens, and I'm sorry to any Karen out there. It's not your fault that 
that, that became that became the insult. Well, it might be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just might. I be, mean, yeah. it had to start somewhere, but it might not. Not all of you, but I mean, it had to come from somewhere. But anyway, go on. But yeah, the, the, so mind your own business. Just get the insurance plan. Well, who the hell is going through the insurance plan line by line, seeing what you cover? Who's doing that? Yeah. I, I mean, you could you could honestly say that you're taking this prep because. You're a hemophiliac, and you may have to get a blood transfusion, and you want to be protected. It's very, very, very low risk to, to get AIDS through through a, a blood transfusion. But I digress. Or uh, your other your side hustle is you 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 work at the church part time, and uh, you also work as a volunteer fireman, and you have your hands in people's blood and things like that. So you want to go ahead and get on this just in case you come in contact with somebody who's infested, uh, infected, infested, infected, and have to give mouth to mouth or have to, to reach inside to, 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 uh, to stop an artery from bleeding and, and you, get, you get blood on yourself or, or somebody stabs you with a needle. So there, there's, no, there's no downside to, to being on. There's, there's a thousand other reasons besides being a homosexual that you would be on this drug. I also just think it's not really your employer's business if you're a homosexual. I, I mean, yeah. unless you're working at Gays or Us or something. I mean, obviously, if you go try out for Queer Eye for the straight guy and you're a straight dude try, trying to uh, be one of the style consultants, you're not going to make it. But uh, other than that, it's really the church, none of the church's business. I don't disagree. How many effeminate men I've known that, that have, are married with like three kids and like, boy, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked you out. But yeah, they got three kids, happy marriage, and go to church every Sunday. I don't know. It, it, it sure does seem like for someone who said, uh, he without sin cast the first stone, sure are damn judgmental. Yeah. I mean, again, their church, their choice, but that's, I don't know. I, I, if I were a member of that church, I would, I would ask that we not die on that hill. I, I'll, t- I'll take my tithing elsewhere. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not a fan. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Back to the book, Ban Babble. So, Virginia is told they can't force bookstores to ask for ID from kids buying certain books. Uh, on Interesting spe- that they tried specific- to. <laughs> yeah, specific- specifically on gender and sexuality. Well, and wasn't it, it's just two books, which really, I think, I mean, it's like these people don't think things through when they look, when they start a movement. Look, I, I am with uh, age-appropriate books. I don't want uh, books that are described any sexual thing being in elementary school. Uh, then, I mean, just doesn't, they need to be focusing on the mechanics of reading rather than the mechanics of how boys and girls fit together or boys and boys and girls and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, they were trying to enforce this on private businesses, bookstores. And there's got to, how many are in Virginia? Two? How many bookstores are left? I mean, 
Yeah. Bezos well, I mean, pretty much killed them. Yeah. So the the books are Gender Queer and A Court of Mist and Fury. And Gender Queer it has I guess sexual scenes um and illustrations <laughs> about oral sex and then the A Court of Mist and Fury is quote sexually offensive in nature for its illustrations of sexual acts and descriptions of quote, abusive and intrusive sexual contact. Um, so that's, and they these were apparently available at private bookstores. Um, I don't know how many children who are under the age of 18 were driving around to bookstores in Virginia trying to obtain copies of these books without parental consent to cause such a, an uproar. But, um. You know, I there's ah. a there's there's quite a bit of illustrations of oral sex and graphic sexual scenes and uh, the other intrusive sexual contact on television. Yeah, and look, we we like to when we say children, we it, the first thing that pops into my head is seven year old. Yeah, exactly. Seven. When they say children, they mean anybody under eighteen. And and look. Kids that are that are watching prime time. I mean, it's it's not even. It used to be you you had to wait for Skinamax to come on a, after eleven thirty before you saw. I mean, hell, prime time network TV is is getting to the point where they're really getting descriptive on stuff. The I can't remember what what show I was watching. And it oh, it was an old episode of uh, Stargate SG One. And this was a primetime show. I mean, it was on sci-fi, but a primetime show. And the, one of the characters mistakenly gets or act, uh, gets tickets, doesn't know what he's going to see. And he walks into the vagina monologues. And he's the only man there. He's kind of sinking down in his seat as they go into the opening of of, of that show. That was, that was, that was primetime. And they were, they were doing and this was 25 years ago. Yes, kids are already exposed to it. Uh, even you said before, before the show, you don't... Unless you, you have no idea what your kids are discussing or hearing from other kids at school. Yeah. That it, I, and, well, and I don't, I, I haven't read these books. And if they're not available in the school, that's fine. This is a private, private company. Well, that, and, you know, I don't agree. Like, I don't want, we, we do similar things with um, tobacco products and things like that. But those are products that, and alcohol, but we've, we've, I mean, not us, but like, society has decided that those things are illegal for children under a certain age. When we're talking about things like this for things that are otherwise legal, I mean, it's not, it's it's actually not illegal. I guess my problem is that like where a child is, is on the parent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like if your kid is not, if you don't know where your kid is, they end up at a bookstore buying an obscene book. That's your fault. Well, and the thing with it is, is these books are literary. It, obviously, if you go into the old gas stations, you know the not not Quick Trip, not Parkers, not uh, not Racetrack, but you, but you go you go to some of these gas stations and you see the dirty book counter, mm-hmm. and it, uh, all the magazines are in plastic. That's because they have no literary value. the The purpose of those books is to stimulate and arouse. Those can be off limits to somebody under eighteen. 
Well, uh, yeah, we've already decided as much, but like this is a haphazard thing that we're just they're just well they're throwing the word porn around with with these books and stuff i i, I talked to you about which is not not on the show sheet i talked to you about the there's a book out there called this book is gay that parents are all upset about and i came i think it was texas being in the school and it's one thing to to get it out of the school but it's another thing to uh to ban it from from a store but this 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 it's it's lit it's literary it's not pornographic you ruin terms when you misuse them when you call everybody a racist when you call everybody a nazi when it, uh you you destroy those terms uh when uh you you say you've been assaulted when someone just called you a name uh you you cheapen those terms you cheapen cheapening the, the 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 term pornography when you misapply it to things that are obviously not pornographic and it may offend your sensibilities but it's not pornography if it well, was, you'd have to check the check the idea of, of any kid that goes up and buys a romance novel, because I guarantee oh, you that yeah. they, they could walk up and buy Fifty Shades of Grey right now. But that's okay, because it's a it's a straight couple. Totally. And there's a book, well, there's a series by V.C. Andrews that is available, and it's for young teens, and I can assure you that they are um, extremely graphic. I mean, you're totally right about that. They... I guess part of the issue in these is there's that there's illustrations, but um, I mean, again, you're in these other books. You're talking about that they really are they're they're literary pieces. I mean, I looked up a court of mist and fury on Amazon, and um, it's kind of odd. I, I don't know. She talks about it says um, this girl's name is Fire, like F E Y R E. Um, yeah. I know she survived. Amarantha's clutches to return to the spring court, but at a steep cost. Thou, though she now has the powers of the high fae, her heart remains human, and it can't get you can't forget the terrible deeds she performed to save Tamlin's people. Like it's part of a series, so we don't know who any of these people are. But it says she navigates a dark web of politics, passions, and dazzling dazzling powers. Um, a greater evil looms, and she might be the key to stopping it. So I mean. And then it talks about her harrowing gifts, her, how she heals her fractured soul and decides how she wishes to shape the future and the future of the world torn apart. Um, you know, again, you might not want your kid reading it. It says the grade level is for 10 to 12. Um, so it's it's interesting that that's interesting that it's in the um, that in, in my mind, that's like 16, 17, 18. I was right. 15 and 16 in 10th grade, but um Nee, 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 nee. It's that 656 pages. Like, that's a long book. You're not going to be having, you're not going to have a 10-year-old pick that book up. No, maybe flip to the pictures. Um, No, it's it's obviously targeted at young adults. Now, these aren't tweens. These aren't elementary school kids. I'm not defending it. I, I have no idea. I, I haven't read the book and at, at 600 and a half pages. I'm not going to read the book because I have no interest in that crap. Um, not the gay or anything else. It's just, I've, it, it, the plot doesn't sound interesting to me. But then again, I'm not a 10th grade girl mm-hmm. that I know of. But uh, this was brought by uh, former congressional candidate Tommy Altman and state delegate Tim Anderson. Which I've got a long, lifelong friend named Tim, Tim Anderson. Uh, as his legal counsel, filed two petitions. Uh, obscenity, according to the law, includes includes shameful or morbid interest in nudity, sexual conduct, 
sexual uh, excitement, excretory functions (laughs) or products thereof, uh, sadomasochistic abuse as its dominant theme or purpose. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. But here's the caveat to it. Taken as a whole, a book must also lack serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value to be considered obscene. And a lot of people don't like Barnes and Noble because, you know, they they have partnerships with Starbucks and they lean left and blah, blah, blah. But they're, they filed a brief um, supporting them like they because they asked the court to dismiss these petitions filed to keep them from purchase or selling these books to whatever minors however they want to phrase it um but they said that they fell woefully short of the constitutional standards governing governing obscenity i mean that's absolutely correct you can't tell me that a book with 656 pages of text and a few pages of illustrations um, and it says there's another there's another part that says that um, the Supreme Court has not accepted cases involving literary obscenity since 1973, nor has it found any book to be obscene. Um, which I think is telling, too, like we've I mean, in a lot of ways, you could talk, you could argue that our society has become way more sexualized and way more comfortable with sexuality. And for whether that's with um, people who are homosexual or one of the other letters on on the spectrum now or between a male and a female. I mean, that's a reality. Look at TV. Look at how TV has evolved in the last 10 to 12 years. Um, Look, look, look at I Love Lucy. They had separate beds because the censors would not let a married couple even get in the same bed. Right. Yeah. It was uh, Barbara Eden in her costume for I Dream Dream of Jeannie could not show her belly button. So if you look at any of the pictures of her mm-hmm. as Jeannie, it's she always had her midriff is always above her belly button. I think the same thing went for Don Wells in Gilligan's Island, as I recall that it, there was a because uh, Don Wells always uh, had a midriff on, but the midriff the pants were always above the belly button. I don't know what is sexual about a belly button. Let's just into lint. I don't know. Ew. <laughs> um, you know something that when I have when I'm dealing with work that. When I get a tip or somebody is, you know, pushing me hard to keep on something to like run someone out of office or to try to get someone to resign or whatever the case may be, a lot of times I am, I ask them like, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want? What is your end goal? And what is the alternative? And I think that's a great question here because the alternative to what is what what we have right now is that the government can and does control books and 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 things like that and when you when you ask them to like there's a there's ironically there's a graphic on the internet that says like if you give them an inch you'll make them a ruler um because when you ask them to do something the government's response is always going to be more than you asked for because they don't even have to fight you so I'd much rather have a kid or two have to deal with, you know, parents have to deal with the consequences of talking to their child about this than having the government say, well, we think these books are appropriate. Like, that's a parent's decision. Private entity. And look, none of these books that that anything I've seen in these books 
rise to the to the standard of being pornographic. Now, is my now do I call romance novels uh, chick porn? Absolutely. Absolutely, they are men and women are turned on by different things, and women are honestly more intellectual and 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 would rather read the plot. A guy wants to watch, you know, three minutes of of, of porn. T- totally, to- totally different ways of uh, of the same thing. Uh, so if you with the slippery slope is a real thing. If you open the door to this. I mean, are we going to start putting uh, books in plastic bags like they do the dirty, uh, the nudie books at, at the gas station? There's going to have to be in a plastic bag. It's going to drive up the 18. cost. Yeah, drive up the cost. Why do they want now, it to be I, more expensive for children to learn how to read? I don't understand why these tyrants are doing that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of kids, especially me. I was, I was more, I wanted to be outside. I mean, I, I read what I wanted to. I hated doing assigned reading and stuff like that, but. My parents would have cared what I what I was reading, if I if I was sitting down reading a book instead instead of exactly. you know, doing all the other the the stuff I was doing. Like, oh, what are you reading about? Lesbians? Huh? Whatever. At least you're reading. Uh it just yeah, it's it's insane. Now speaking of insane, we have a teacher told students how to access banned books. Uh, a state official wants her license revoked. Not Virginia. <laughs> Not Virginia. No, so there was a... This is Texas. Yeah, Oklahoma, the, sorry. Oklahoma. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> right along the Red River there. Uh, this tenth is Mother Jones. Tenth grade teacher, yeah. Yeah, tenth grade teacher. Again, 16-year-olds. Uh, now look, this woman went way overboard she decorated her room with a bunch of red stuff she's got uh uh the rainbow flag hanging in the room and uh she's got like covering books and then she put up a hold on she covered the like she put these shelves together and covered them in red paper and then put you know how the teachers put those letters that they like staple to the board she put books the state doesn't want you to read and then they have qr codes (laughs) I mean, it's terrible, and I don't agree with it, but, like, talk about someone who says F the system. I don't disagree with a lot of what she's what she's doing. It would be it would be better for a a freshman class, a freshman college class, not 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 freshman high school. But allowing the kids to, to think critically about about. Uh, governments banning books and things like that, but what she, she would have bridged too far when she gave them the resource to bypass what what she's not supposed to be promoting in the classroom, and she just she quit. I mean, she 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 resigned. But, Which she probably had. I mean, she's thirty four. I would imagine that she knew what the consequences could be if she. I mean, that's pretty dang bold. It is. And and this may have been going out in a, a blaze of glory that she was done with Texas, that she's going to move somewhere. Oklahoma. Moved, Oklahoma, sorry. Done with Oklahoma. She's going to go to a different show on Broadway. Um, but she's going she's gonna to go out to California and she's going to go uh, where my minds are expanded or whatever. This could have been her going out in a blaze of glory. I don't know why you do it on the first day of school or whatever, but... Yeah, she... 
I don't know if her license should be revoked. She deserved to lose her job because she was acting outside of her authority. So, yeah, quitting in lieu of being fired was probably the right thing uh, for her. Well, but to yank her license and it's for, from the, for, for this, it's they, coming they from. Even, go ahead. Well, no, it's coming from the secretary of education. Like this isn't just like this is which is the equivalent of Richard Woods, the state school superintendent here. Um, and and he put this letter out on Twitter, which tells you everything that you need to know about why this is happening. And I think that bothers me. Like if this had just happened, I mean, we see teachers. Hell, we see teachers do much like super inappropriate things and they are suspended for a period of time. Um, but we don't hear about it because we hear about like their initial arrest or their initial termination. And then it's just swept under the rug, but this went on Twitter. Um, and he's, he specifically said that there's no place for a teacher with a liberal political agenda. Um, she provided access to banned and pornographic material. Now I'm with you on the more pornographic material that if she provided that, that's inappropriate. However, you have to go back to the same standard we just talked about in the last story, which is whether or not it lacked um, literary value. And second, I really don't think that, I mean, I understand. They, so they have a new state law in Oklahoma that cr- similar to like our critical race theory stuff and, and controver- divisive concepts, they pulled certain books from school libraries and those are what she put in there. So I understand that they, like, I understand why she's, going against the standards, but to say she provided pornographic material to students, I think is completely... She would be in jail. Right. For, for be, a teacher to provide porn to her students, she no, would be in jail. No, for an adult to perform, I mean... For, yes, for an adult, you know? yeah. And, and so I yeah, think he, that... And he said, this type of behavior will not be tolerated in Oklahoma, and I speak for parents across the state who are demanding swift and immediate action. I mean... Sit down, dude. Like you, you look like a a total douche here. I mean, again, I uh, I understand that she broke, she violated the policies that you've put in place thanks to this state law. That's reasonable, but to assert that she um, violated the law in the name of the liberal political agenda is is gross. Are, are they are they overflowing with teachers in Oklahoma? I don't know. Maybe you could retweet and ask him. So here's the thing. If she's a qualified teacher, she made a mistake. She made an error. And she's she's paid for. She lost her job. Does it mean she should never work in Oklahoma as a teacher again? No. It means that she needs to learn from it and and move forward. It doesn't mean you you yank her ability to make a living. It, it, when Especially when you're hurting for teachers. Not, it's not like they have a waiting list for people wanting to go teach 10th grade. Mm-hmm. I assure you they don't. And for him to even get into liberal ideology is one dumb, 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 dumb. Political. The word's political. Not No teacher should be getting, uh, other than a history teacher teaching about the politics or a political science teacher, English teacher doesn't need to be getting into politics at all. And that that's something that he, he can say is, she needs to stay clear of politics. Now, if she wants to tell her class, look, there are some books that the the government has said we can't provide to you in the school. Uh, there are resources. Go out, look them up. And if you want to read them on your own, go ahead and leave it at that and, and move on with teaching kids, you know, how to, you know, read, reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's it. Go back to teaching kids. Yeah. 
I don't think that you have to agree with what she did to think that the response is a little bit um draconian yeah i mean and also he what's hilarious is that he put out a letter at um 10 third or 10:52 on august 31st and then he updated the letter and wrote like updated letter because you know he wouldn't dare risk deleting a tweet that got him all kinds of traction and controversy um and he updated the letter like an hour later with one line that said she she stepped down instead of facing removal and but i mean to say that like you don't want this to be to for her to go from district to district doing the same thing i mean She's been put on blast. I'm pretty sure that in Oklahoma, people are aware of her and that she wouldn't just pop in somewhere else. I mean. Yeah. Also, it speaks to the problem with the, what, why we have problems with licenses and why it's so ridiculous. Because, um, you know, what they what the government giveth, the government taketh away. And if a school wants to hire her, they should hire her. If they don't, they don't. But. And continuing our war on the arts, uh, Georgia DA Fanny Willis says rap lyrics will continue to be used in criminal cases. Jessica, why does Fanny hate rap? I don't know. She, I don't, well, so she said this, and obviously she's used um, Young Thug's lyrics against him um, in a recent indictment. And there was another 220 count indictment that charged 26 people. It came down a, like last week or the week before. I'm not sure. But her, her quote was the most ridiculous, asinine quote I've ever heard. She said, I think, well, maybe not ever heard, but at least this week. She said, I think if you decide to admit your crimes over a beat, I'm going to use it. I'm going to continue to do that. People can continue to be angry about it. I have some legal advice. Don't confess to crimes on rap lyrics if you do not want them used. Or at least get out of my county. Um... She should have stopped before she said, or at least get out of my county. That That is stupid. So she, you can confess, but she just wants you to leave? I mean, they've already committed the crime. She's stupid. Yes, she is. I mean, the look, a lot of the rap culture has been legally uh, ill-advised to do, like, be a, a a felon and have hold a pistol in a rap video. Yeah, that's gotten people in trouble. That's an action that you can see. I don't know how you can prove that somebody's lyrics are a confession. That's kind of funny. Because again, this is liter literary. If you write a book about about killing somebody, it's not a confession. I mean, hell, Stephen King would would would, would be doing a hundred life sentences right now. For all the people he's killed in his books, mm-hmm. so I, I think there's a there's a prejudice towards the music industry. Uh, it, it's it, it was with rock and roll, it's with rap, uh, that that the that it's sort of counterculture. So if you, if you get up and and you sing and and you rap about pimping hoes, it doesn't mean you're actually a pimp. Uh, doesn't mean you actually had hoes. It's it's a it's artistic expression, and that's covered under the First Amendment. Now, look if you if you get up on a rap song and say, "I killed John Smith on August thirty right. first in in the Parker's parking lot." Okay, 
well, let's go look at that. Yeah, I just and but her whole thing about like get out of my county. Well, it's not your county, first of all. Yeah, well, it's also prejudicial to the jury. I think that if you have somebody on that 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 rapped about violence and they're accused of of a violent crime, and that particular song has nothing to do with their crime, it's prejudicial because what you're doing is you're trying to conflate art with reality. Now, could yeah, well. a violent person make a rap album? Absolutely. There are several several people in in prison for lots of people in prison uh, that consider themselves artists that that are in for violent crimes. But just because I sing about uh, and you don't want me to sing, sing about something doesn't mean that's what happened. Yeah, she just. I mean, she her she has lots of problems with. Oh yeah, prejudice. Hell, I mean, look what Rolling she did Stones with Charlie Bailey. Wrote a song about heartbreaker. It was a, it was a uh, song about uh, a guy who got shot in central, I think Central Park by the police uh, uh, unjustly. But it was heartbreaker with your forty four shot, uh, uh, shot somebody th- shot him through the heart. It, does that mean that Mick Jagger is violent? No, he was singing singing about injustice. So it's art. So I I don't know I, the the theme the theme of of our Labor Day show is uh, art is not reality. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, it's it's amazing to me that somebody that educated, I'm not saying smart, educated, Allegedly. yeah, can be that obtuse. And I can't believe any judge would allow it. And I would think it'd be if if you're going to use somebody's rap lyrics against them again, unless they say I killed John Smith in the Parker's parking lot, and they, you found John Smith dead in the Parker's parking lot. Okay, well let's go talk to that guy. Uh, using somebody's violent rap lyrics because a lot of that is just an outlet mm-hmm. for 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 angst. The same thing, same idea. This music that I listened to when I, when I was young, like Limp Bizkit and uh, and and Kid Rock, and that that tied into the to the angst of the late '90s, early 2000s, uh, is the same thing that a lot of a lot of young people, especially in in economically depressed areas their outlet is 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 hip-hop and that's their outlet to to kind of throw their middle finger at the system and say you know things aren't great in my neighborhood things aren't going wonderful and and i'm angry about it and to to use that as evidence in a a court case is 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 not great all right jess we have your closing thought yeah, the worst detectives I have ever heard of. So I obviously I love true crime stuff. And I saw this story about this 2011 death of a woman in Philadelphia. And she was engaged to be married and um, was happy, was excited, but only dealt like she dealt with a little bit of anxiety in her life. She was found with 20 stab wounds in 2011. And they 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 ruled it a suicide and this woman w- was stabbed like in the back of the neck, in the top of the head. I think um, more than a dozen of her stab wounds were behind her. So I don't know, but they they ruled it a suicide. And just recently, they finally got um, the attorney general basically to like order the d- district attorney's office to reopen the case and revisit it. And they're looking at it as if it's not a suicide but i just 
that is like the absolute worst police work I've ever seen or heard of to think that somebody who, first of all, I mean, you got to really hate yourself and hate your life to stab yourself 20 times. You've got to be an incredible person to do it from behind, but. Contortionist. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that's a joke. And I'm I think it went on that. 11 years. Yeah, I'm not talking about this case, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this this case is tragic, but that's a joke. I'll just tell him you fell on the knife 20 times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. And so uh, they all they also had some medical testing done that revealed that um, some of the stab wounds were dealt or this, you know, when she was already. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. The the detective who handled that case should be publicly tarred and feathered. Well, retired That's, by now. Well, 11 years, maybe, maybe. But uh, you, but already made it to, to detective. Yeah. So that's not someone new on the force. Horrific, though. Last week, we got Biden's speech. I'm not going to go deep into it. The imagery was very, was very strong. Uh, Independence Hall, flag in the background, Marines all around him. Guess who paid for that speech? Who? The taxpayers. Oh, no. It was a highly political speech, very anti-Trump, anti-MAGA. Uh, they say it was not. It was a policy speech. Therefore, it it is covered under the president's duties. But I, I th- thought it was distasteful to uh, to flank yourself with the with the Marines because the ultimately the the service is apolitical. Whoever the whoever the commander in chief is, is is who they serve. Period. That's just that's just the way it is. You, when you swear in, you swear to, to obey his orders or her orders one day, um, and and that, that that's it. Period. It, is it. But it was the imagery from if you take everything out of it and look at it from just a political animal standpoint, <clears throat> very, very strong. It was very, very much the they wanted to show Biden as a strong guy. So I'm sure they made sure he got an extra long nap before he got out there. But red, white and blue. Uh, of course, the cameras were, cameras were, you know, trained it on him and deep on him with the flag in the background. You know, he's trying he's he's trying to, I guess. Look strong, so he has coattails to pull his uh, his midterms through. And look, uh, from just from a, a psychological operations standpoint, it was strong. It, 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 the 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 speech was was crap, but the imagery is very strong, and that's what most people take from it are are the sound bites from whatever mm-hmm. news source they decide to consume. So, happy Labor Day for those who have the day off. Uh, I want to give no, a big thanks to Happy Labor Day to the people who labor all year long. Well, who is that? Anyone else? <laughs> Screw you. So, big thanks to Eric Cumbie who takes our audio and turns it into something you listen to. A big thanks to Justice Logic who tolerates me on a weekly basis. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon.